Section 12 of Best Dog Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Section 12 Gammire by Booth Tarkington. Blue and lavender shadows, frayed with midsummer sunshine, waggled gaily across the grass beneath the trees of a tiny orchard beside Mr. Atwater's old-fashioned brick house, but trembled with justifiable timidity as they hurried over the billowing surfaces of an abnormally wide and thick colored woman who sat upon the steps of the back porch. Her right hand held in security one end of a leather leash. The other end of the leash was fastened to a new collar about the neck of an odd and fascinating dog, seated on the cement walk at her feet, and regarding her with a gravity that seemed to disconcert her. She was unable to meet his gaze, and constantly averted her own whenever it furtively descended to his. In fact, her expression and manner were singular, denoting embarrassment, personal hatred, and a subtle bedazzlement. She could not look at him, yet could not keep from looking at him. There was something here that arose out of the depths of natural character, it was intrinsic in the two personalities, that is to say, and was an addition to the bitterness consequent upon a public experience, which had been brought upon her partly by his appearance, in particular the style and color of his hair, and partly by his unprecedented actions in her company upon the highway. She addressed him angrily, yet with profound uneasiness. Huh, she said, you ain't feelin' as skittish as what you did little while ago, is you? My glory, I des would like to lay my hand to your hide once. I take and lamb you this livin' minute, if I write show you wouldn't take and bite me. She jerked the leash vindictively, upon which the dog at once sat up on his haunches, put his forepaws together above his nose in an attitude of prayer, and looked at her inscrutably from under the great bang of hair which fell like a black chrysanthemum over his forehead. Beneath this woolly lambrequin his eyes were visible as two garnet sparks, of which the colored woman was only nervously aware. She gasped. "'Look a-here, dog! Who's went and asked you to take and pray for em? He remained motionless and devout. "'My goodness!' she said to him, if you goin to keep on this away what is been, I'm goin to up and go away from here right now. Then she said a remarkable thing. I ain't never lose no grandchild, and I ain't goin dop no stranger for one neither. Elucidation rests upon the looks and manners of him whom she addressed. The dog was of a kind at the top of dog kingdoms. His size was neither insignificant nor great. Probably his weight would have been between a fourth and a third of a St. Bernard's. He had the finest head for adroit thinking that is known among dogs, and an athletic body, the forepart muffled and lost in a mass of corded black fleece, but the rest of him sharply clipped from the chest aft, and his trim, slim legs were clipped, though tufts were left at his ankles, and at the tip of his short tail, with two upon his hips like fanciful buttons upon an imaginary jacket. 
for thus have such dogs been clipped to a fashion proper and comfortable for them ever since and no doubt long before an imperial roman sculptor so chiselled one in bas-relief in brief this dog which caused mrs kitty silver so much disquietude as she sat upon the back steps at mr atwater's belonged to that species of which no frenchman ever sees a sample without smiling and murmuring caniche he was that golden-hearted little clown of all the world a french poodle now when kitty silver had first set eyes on this poodle an hour earlier she looked and plainly was dumbfounded never in her life had she seen a creature so black so incredibly black or with hair so kinky so incredibly kinky mrs silver's young mistress had not observed her closely nor paused to wonder what thoughts were rousing in her mind but bade her take the poodle forth for exercise outdoors and keep him strictly upon the leash without protest though wearing a unique expression kitty silver obeyed she walked round the block with this mystifying dog and during the promenade had taken place the episode which additionally upset her nerves she had given a little jerk to the leash and spoken crossly to the poodle for not following her heels more closely when instantly the creature rose and walked beside her on his hind legs he continued to parade in this manner rapidly but nevertheless as if casually and without any apparent inconvenience and mrs silver never having seen a dog do such a thing before for more than a yard or so and then only under the pressure of many inducements was unfavorably impressed in fact she had most definitely a symptom of monsieur maeterlinck's feeling when he found himself left alone with the talking horses with whom was she look a here dog she said breathlessly who you trying to skeer you ain't no person and then the blow fell it came from an elderly but ever undignified woman of her own race who paused across the street and stood teetering from side to side in joyful agitation as she watched the approach of mrs silver with her woolly little companion beside her when this smaller silhouette in india ink suddenly walked upright the observer's mouth fell open and there was reason to hope that it might remain so in odd silence especially as several other pedestrians had stopped to watch the poodle's uncalled-for exhibition moreover the woman was only slightly acquainted with mrs silver who moved in another and much blue vainder set and the breach of etiquette was the harder to bear with dignity on that account for all at once the elderly rowdy saw fit to become uproarious she shouted oh grandma and so when the poodle sat up unbid to pray while kitty silver rested upon the steps of the back porch on her return from the excursion she fiercely informed him that she had never lost a grandchild and that she would not adopt a stranger in place of one her implication being that he a stranger had been suggested for the position and considered himself fit for it he continued to pray not relaxing a hair listen to me dog said kitty silver is you a dog or isn't you a dog what is you anyway but immediately she withdrew the question 
i ain't astin you she exclaimed superstitiously if you isn't no dog don't you take and tell me what you is you take and keep it to yourself cause i don't want to listen to it for the garnet eyes beneath the great black chrysanthemum indeed signified that their owner was about to use human language casually too in a human voice instead however he appeared to be content with his effort allowed his forepaws to return to the ground and looked at her with his head wistfully tilted to one side this reassured her and even somewhat won her there stirred within her that curious sense of relationship evoked from the first by his suggestive appearance fondness of being born and an admiration which was fundamentally a form of narcissism she addressed him in a mollified voice what you want now don't tell me you're hungry cause you already done it to dog biscuit and big saucer milk what you stick you old black face crossways at me fur honey but just then the dog rose to look pointedly toward the corner of the house somebody's coming he meant who you spectin little dog mrs silver inquired a boy and a girl came round the house they were both recently thirteen though anything but twins being first cousins in fact and mutually inimical ordinarily in manner and speech if not in actual thought and deed the girl was florence atwater niece of kitty silver's lovely young mistress and the boy was herbert illingsworth atwater nephew unto the same lady he trifled with a tennis ball as he came and carried a racket under his arm florence was peeling an orange at sight of the poodle they uttered exclamations betokening the liveliest interest but halted a few feet away from him as a precaution for heaven's sakes florence cried kitty silver where on earth did this dog come from blong you aunt julia when did she get him des today who gave him to her she ain't sayin you mean she won't tell she ain't sayin kitty silver repeated i asked her i say i say miss julia ma'am i say miss julia ma'am whoever sent you such an unlandish lookin dog i say all she say when i asked her ne mine she say dust that away ne mine she say i reckon she ain't goin to tell nobody who give her this dog he's certainly a mighty queer-looking dog said herbert i've seen a few like that but i can't remember where what kind is he kitty miss julia tell me he is a poogle dog a poodle florence corrected her and then turned to herbert in supercilious astonishment a french poodle my goodness i think you were old enough to know that much anyway goin on fourteen years old well i did know it he declared i kind of knew it anyhow but i sort of forgot it for once do you know if he bites kitty silver she was non-committal he ain't bit nobody yet i don't believe he'll bite said florence growing confident as she stooped and peered at the two garnet sparks behind the black chrysanthemum i bet he likes me he looks like he was taking a fancy to me kitty silver what's his name gemire what 
gemeyer what a funny name are you sure kitty silver gemeyer what you ain't julia told me mrs silver insisted you can go on in the house and ask her she'll tell you the same well anyway i'm not afraid of him said florence and she stepped closer to the poodle extending her hand to caress him then she screamed with delight as the poodle at her gesture rose to his hind legs and as far as the leash permitted walked forward to meet her she flung her arms about him rapturously oh the lovely doggie she cried he walks on his hind legs why he's crazy about me let him go said herbert i bet he don't like you any more than he likes anybody else leave go of him and i bet he shows he likes me better than he does you but when florence released him gemeyer caressed them both impartially he leaped upon one then upon the other and then upon kitty silver with a cordiality that almost unseated her let him off the leash florence cried he won't run away cause the gates are shut let him loose and see what he'll do mrs silver snapped the catch of the leash and gemeyer departed in the likeness of a ragged black streak with his eccentric ears flying in the wind and his after part hunched up purely for comedy he ran round and round and round the little orchard simulating the wildness of the wildest dogs in the wild world altogether a comedian when the children shrieked with laughter he wild dogged the more wildly then all upon an unexpected instant came to a flat halt facing his audience with his nose on the ground between his two forepaws but his hindquarters high and unstooping then seeing they laughed at this too he gave them enough of it and then wild dogged again presently as he invited pursuit by scampering suggestively nearer and nearer to florence and herbert on his rounds they chased him whereupon he ran figures of eight and wound them up in a hundred invisible strings while they made great efforts to spank him as he went by them but always failed even to get his tag they made it a game and played it till all three were breathless and came back to kitty silver and the steps once more where gemeyer sat by her feet with a spiral of pink tongue hanging from a wide-open mouth roofed with black florence resumed the peeling of her orange who do you think gave gemeyer to aunt julia she asked i ain't steadyin bout it yes but who do you guess i ain't well but if you had to be burned to death or guess somebody who would you guess i have to get burn up said kitty silver every last collar what comes here is give her some doggone animal already mr sammers is he give her them two berjum cats what you tuck and skeered trying to wash em so's they run away before they even had time to let you grandpa hear em mew and old mr ridgeways what lost his wife he give yo aunt julia them two canaries that tuck and hopped out the cage and then out the window last week one day when yo grandpa was alone in the room with em and mr george plummers he gave her that airydale dog yo grandpa tuck and gave to the milkman and mr ushers 
he gave her them two pups what you grandpa tuck and skeer off the place soon as he laid eyes on em and this here mr claridge he give her that old live alligator from florida what i found looking at me over the age of my kitchen sink ugly old thing and yo grandpa tuck and gave it to the greenhouse man ain't none nem gentlemen goin to try and give her no mo animals i bet so how anybody goin to guess who sent her this here gammire nobody left what ain't already sent her one and had the gift spile yes there is said florence who noble dill that there young mr dills kitty silver cried listen me this here dog spensive dog i don't care i bet noble dill gave him to her mrs silver hooted go way that there young lil mr dills he ain't never did show no class no way nor no time he wearin last year's straw hat right now he be a hundred year old before you see him in automobile what belong to him look at a way some nem fine big rich men like mr claridge and mr ridgeways take and throw they money round new necktie every time you see em new straw hat right spang the first warm day ring de bell walk right in mr ridgeways slip me dollar bill just like that mr sammerses and mr plummers and some nem others they all show class look mr sammerses spectacles made turtle back fancy turtle too i asked miss julia she tell me they fancy turtle gold rim spectacles ain't in it no ma'am mr sammerses spectacles des them rims on his spectacles loan i bet they cost more all what this here young little mr dills got on him from his toes up and his skin out i bet mr plummers throw more money round des forgettin his pants press than what mr dills afford to spend for his'n in the first place he lose his struggle cause yo aunt julia she out for the big class this here gemeyer he dog costs money he show class same yo aunt julia ain't neither one of em got to waste time on nobody what can't show no more class than this here little young dish combobbery mr dills i don't care florence said stubbornly he could have saved up and saved up and if he saved up long enough he could have got enough money to buy a dog like gemeyer because you can get money enough for anything if you're willing to save up long enough anyway i bet he's the one gave him to her herbert joined kitty silver in skeptical laughter florence is always talking about noble dill he said she's sort of crazy anyway though it runs in the family florence retorted automatically i caught it from my cousins anyhow i don't think there's a single one of any that wants to marry aunt julia that's got the slightest comparison to noble dill i admire him because he's so uncouth he is who kitty silver inquired uncouth yes'm said miss silver it's in the dictionary florence explained it means rare elegant exquisite obs unknown and a whole lot else it does not herbert interposed it means kind of countrified you go look in the dictionary 
his cousin said severely then maybe you'll know what you're talking about just for once anyhow i do like noble dill and i bet so does aunt julia kitty silver shook her head he lose his struggle honey miss julia she out for the big class she ain't steadying about him cept maybe dest to let him run her errands she treat em almighty nice around class or no class why the mo hotter that big class got to work to get her and the mo she got after her the mo keeps a comin but this here young little mr dills i kind of got a strong notion he liable not come no mo tall her tone had become one of reminiscent amusement which culminated in a burst of laughter Wee, she concluded after last night i reckon this here mr dills better keep away from the place yes'm florence looked thoughtful and for the first time said nothing it was herbert who asked why'd mr dill better stay away from here mrs silver decided that it would be more enjoyable to become ominously significant consequently her merriment disappeared yo grandpa she said shaking her head yo grandpa what about grandpa said herbert what did he do last night do my goodness mrs silver uttered sounds like the lowing of kine whereby she meant to indicate her utter inability to describe mr atwater's performance well ma'am she said in the low and husky voice of simulated exhaustion all i got to say yo grandpa beat hisself he beat hisself how do you mean how could he he beat hisself he des out talk hisself no ma'am i done hear him many and many and many's the time but last night he beat hisself what about nothing in the whole wide world but this here young lil noble dills what we been talking about this livin minute what started him what started him mrs silver echoed with sudden loudness my goodness he been started ever since the very first time he ever laid eyes on him prancin up the front walk to call on miss julia yo grandpa don't like none of them callers but he everlastingly did up and take a true spite on this here little dills i mean said herbert what started him last night them cigarettes said kitty silver them cigarettes what this here noble dills smoke while he's settin out on the front porch on yo aunt julia yo grandpa mighty funny man about smellin you knows well as i do he don't even like the smell of violets well ma'am if he can't stand violets how in the name of misery he goin to stand the smell in them cigarettes this here dills smoke i can't hardly stand em myself when he light one on the front porch she sip all through the house and bime she take me in the nose and like to choke me yo grandpa already told miss julia time and time again if that little dills light dust one mo on his front porch he goin walk out there and do some harm course she never took and pay no tention cause miss julia she never pay no tention to nobody and she like color have a nice time she ain't goin to tell him yo grandpa make such a fuss yes deed 
i like please strike a match for to light my cigarette if you please ma'am she say light as many as you please kind friend she say she say she say smell a cigarette does delightful little smell she say go ahead and smoke all you can stand she say cause i want you to enjoy yourself when you pay call on me she say so this here young little dill settin there puffin and puffin and blowin his chest out and in and feelin all slicked up cause it about the first time this livin summer he catch yo aunt julia alone to hisself for a while and all time the house des fillin up and draft blowin straight at yo grandpa where he's sittin in his library ma'am he sent me out and tell her come in he got message mighty important fur to speak to her so she tell this here dills wait a minute and walk in the library ho oh, ladies what he say herbert asked eagerly he didn't say nothin mrs silver replied eloquently he hollered what did he holler he want to know didn't he never tell her this here dills can't smoke no more cigarettes on his property and didn't he tell her he wasn't goin allow him on the place nohow he say she got to go back on the poach and run this here lil dills off home he say he gave her fair choice she can run him off or else he go on out and chase him away hisself he claim lil dills ain't got no business round callin nowhere tall cause he only make fourteen dollars a week and ain't worth it he say she was confirmed in this report by an indignant interruption from florence that's just what he did say the old thing i heard him myself and if you care to ask me i'll be glad to inform you that i think grandpa's conduct was simply insulting deed it were said mrs silver that's just what he claim himself he mean it fur but you tell me please how you hear what your grandpa say he mighty noisy but you nev could a hear him plung to where you live i wasn't home said florence i was over here then you must a made yourself mighty skimpish cause i ain't seen you nobody saw me i wasn't in the house said florence i was out front whereabouts out in front well i was sitting on the ground up against the latticework of the front porch what fur well it was dark said florence i just kind of wanted to see what might be going on and you hear all what your grandpa talking on about and everything i should say so you could have heard him lots farther than where i was land a misery kitty silver cried if you done hear him where you was this here little dills must a hear him mighty plain he did how could he help it he heard every word and pretty soon he came down off the porch and stood a minute then he went on out the gate and i don't know whether he went home or not because it was too dark to see but he didn't come back you're right he didn't exclaimed mrs silver i reckon he got forethought enough for that anyhow i bet he ain't never goin to come back neither your grandpa say he goin be fix for him if he do yes that was while he was standing there said florence ruefully he heard all that too miss julia she's spishin he done hear somethin other i guess kitty silver went on 
she shut the library door almost right almost on your grandpa's nose while he was still a rampin and she slip out on the porch and take look round then go on up to her own room i is up there while after that turn down her bed and she enjoyin herself readin book she feel kind of put out i reckon but she ain't steadyin bout no young little dills she want em all to have nice time and like her but she goin to lose this one and she got plenty to spare she show too much class for to fret about no dills i don't care said florence i think she ought to fret whether she does or not because i bet he was feeling just awful and i think grandpa behaved like an old hoodlum that'll do herbert admonished her sternly you show some respect for your relations if you please but his loyalty to the atwater family had a bad effect on florence oh will i she returned promptly well i just politely think grandpa ought to be hanged see here but florence and kitty silver interrupted him simultaneously look at that florence cried my name exclaimed kitty silver it was the strange taste of gemire which so excited them florence had peeled her orange and divided it rather fairly into three parts but the vehemence she exerted in speaking of her peculiar old grandfather caused her to drop one of the sections upon the ground gemire promptly ate it sat up and adjusted his paws in prayer for more now you listen to me said kitty silver i ain't seen no dog eat orange in all my days and i ain't seen nobody else what see dog eat orange no ma'am and i ain't never hear of nobody what see dog eat orange herbert decided to be less impressed oh i've heard of dogs that'd eat apples he said yes and watermelon and nuts and things as he spoke he played with the tennis ball upon his racket and concluded by striking the ball high into the air its course was not true and it descended far over toward the orchard where herbert ran to catch it but he was not quick enough at the moment the ball left the racket gemire abandoned his prayers his eyes like a careful fielder's calculating and estimating followed the swerve of the ball in the breeze and when it fell he was on the correct spot he caught it herbert shouted he caught it on the fly it must have been an accident here and he struck the ball into the air again it went high twice as high as the house and again gemire judged it slowly and continuously shifting his position his careful eyes never leaving the little white globe until just before the last instant of its descent he was motionless beneath it he caught it again and herbert whooped gemire brought the ball to him and invited him to proceed with the game that there might be no mistaking his ardent desire gemire sat up and prayed nor did he find herbert anything loath out of nine chances gemire muffed the ball only twice both times excusably and florence once more flung her arms about the willing performer who do you suppose trained this wonderful darling doggie she cried mrs silver shook her marvelling head he must a come that away she said 
i bet nobody tall trained him he do what he want to do hisself that gemeyer don't ask nobody train him then the enraptured florence released gemeyer and he wild dogged again to the hilarious screamings of the three oh goodness florence said with a despondency which came upon her as the wild dog tamed himself abruptly and returned to sit with them it's awful what is to think of as lovely a dog as this having to meet grandpa meet him kitty silver echoed forebodingly i reckon yo grandpa do mon dus meet him that's what i mean florence explained i expect he's just brute enough to drive him off yes'm said mrs silver he get madder every time somebody send her new pet yo grandpa mighty nervous man and everlastingly do hate animals he hasn't seen gemeyer has he don't look like it do it said kitty silver dog here yet well then i florence paused glancing at herbert for she had been visited by a pleasant idea which she did not wish to share with him is aunt julia in the house she were a little while ago i want to see her about something i ought to see her about said florence i'll be out in a minute she ran into the house and found her excessively pretty young aunt seated at a slim-legged desk reading over a note which she had just written aunt julia it's about gemeyer gammon what his name is gammon kitty silver says his name's gemeyer yes said julia she would his name is gammon though he's a little parisian rascal and his name is gammon well aunt julia i'd rather call him gemeyer though how much did he cost i don't know he was brought to me only this morning and i haven't asked yet but i thought somebody gave him to you yes they did well i mean said florence how much did the person that gave him to you pay for him julia sighed i just explained i haven't had a chance to ask florence looked hurt i don't mean you would ask em right out i just meant wouldn't you be liable to kind of hint around and give em a chance to tell you how much it was you know perfectly well it's the way most the family do when they give each other something pretty expensive christmas or birthdays and i thought probably you'd no i shouldn't be surprised florence if nobody ever got to know how much gammon cost well florence said and decided to approach her purpose on a new tack who was it trained him i understand that the person who gave him to me has played with him at times during the few days he's been keeping him but hasn't trained him particularly french poodles almost learn their own tricks if you give them a chance it's natural to them they love to be little clowns if you let them but who was this person that gave him to you julia laughed it's a secret florence like gemeyer's price at this florence looked piqued well i guess i got some manners she exclaimed i know as well as you do aunt julia 
there's no etiquette in coming right square out and asking how much it was when somebody goes and makes you a present i'm certainly enough of a lady to keep my mouth shut when it's more polite to but i don't see what harm there is in telling who it is that gives anybody a present no harm at all julia murmured as she sealed the note she had written then she turned smilingly to face her niece only i'm not going to well then aunt julia and now florence came to her point what i wanted to know is just simply the plain question will you give this dog gemeyer to me julia leaned forward laughing and suddenly clapped her hands together close to florence's face no i won't she cried there the niece frowned lines of anxiety appearing upon her forehead well why won't you i won't do it but aunt julia i think you ought to why ought i to because said florence well it's necessary why because if you don't you know as well as i do what's bound to happen to him what is grandpa'll chase him off said florence he'll take after him the minute he lays eyes on him and scare him to death and then he'll get lost and he won't be anybody's dog i should think you'd just as lief he'd be my dog as have him chased all over town till a street car hits him or somepin but julia shook her head that hasn't happened yet it did happen with every other one you ever had florence urged plaintively he chased em every last one off the place and they never came back you know perfectly well aunt julia grandpa's just bound to hate this dog and you know just exactly how he'll act about him no i don't said julia just not exactly well anyway you know he'll behave awful it's probable the aunt admitted he always does the niece continued he behaves awful about everything i ever heard about he i'll go pretty far with you florence julia interposed but we'd better leave him a loophole you know he's a constant attendant at church and contributes liberally to many good causes oh you know what i mean i mean he always acts horrible about anything pleasant of course i know he's a good man and everything i just mean the way he behaves is perfectly disgusting so what's the use you're not giving me this dog you won't have him yourself as soon as grandpa comes home to lunch in an hour or so oh yes i will grandpa hasn't seen him already has he no then what makes you say he isn't coming home to lunch he won't be home until five o'clock this afternoon well then by six you won't have any dog and poor gemeyer'll probably be run over by a street car some time in the evening florence's voice became anguished in the emphasis of her appeal aunt julia won't you give me this dog julia shook her head won't you please no dear aunt julia if it was noble dill gave you this dog florence her aunt exclaimed what in the world makes you imagine such absurd things poor mr dill well if it was 
i think you ought to give gemeyer to me because i like noble dill and i but here her aunt laughed again and looked at her with some curiosity you do she said what for well said florence swallowing he may be rather smallish for a man but he's very uncouth and distinguished-looking and i think he doesn't get to enjoy himself much grandpa talks about him so terribly and and here such was the unexpected depth of her feeling that she choked whereupon her aunt overcome with laughter but nevertheless somewhat touched sprang up and threw two pretty arms about her charmingly you funny florence she cried then will you give me gemeyer said florence instantly no we'll bring him in the house now and you can stay to lunch florence was imperfectly consoled but she had a thought that brightened her well there'll be an awful time when grandpa comes home this afternoon but it certainly will be interesting she proved a true prophet at least to the extent that when mr atwater opened his front gate that afternoon he was already in the presence of a deeply interested audience whose observation was unknown to him through the interstices of the lace curtains at an open window downstairs the gaze of julia and florence was concentrated upon him in a manner which might have disquieted even so opinionated and peculiar an elderly man as mr atwater had he been aware of it and herbert likewise watched him from an unseen post herbert had shown some braggadocio declaring loudly that he intended to lounge in full view but when the well-known form of the ancestor was actually identified coming up the street out of the distance the descendant changed his mind the good green earth abruptly ceased to seem secure and herbert climbed a tree he surrounded himself with the deepest foliage and below him some outlying foothills of mrs kitty silver were perceptible where she endeavored to lurk in the concealment of a lilac bush gemeyer was the only person in view he sat just in the middle of the top step of the front porch and his air was that of an endowed and settled institution what passing traffic there was interested him but vaguely not affecting the world to which he belonged the world being this house and lot of which he was now beyond all question the official dog it had been a rather hard-working afternoon for he had done everything suggested to him as well as a great many other things which he thought of himself he had also made it clear that he had taken the most particular fancy to everybody but recognized julia to be the head of the house and of the universe it was love at first sight and though he was at the disposal of all her family and friends he was at her disposal first however suddenly she was his naomi and whithersoever she went there would he go also unless she otherwise commanded just now she had withdrawn closing the door but he understood she intended no permanent exclusion who was this newcomer at the gate the newcomer came to an abrupt halt staring angrily then he advanced slamming the gate behind him get out of here he said in a harsh and forbidding voice you get off this place 
gemeyer regarded him seriously not moving while mr atwater cast an eye about the lawn seeming to search for something and his gaze thus roving was arrested by a slight movement of great areas behind a lilac bush it appeared that some public building had covered its dome with antique textiles and was endeavoring to conceal it there a failure kitty silver he said what are you doing sir debouching sidewise slowly she came to fuller view but retired a few steps what i doin where mr atwater how'd that dog get on my front steps her face became non-committal entirely this here dog he just settin there sir how'd he get in the yard must somebody up and brung him in who did it you mean who up and brung him in sir i mean who does he belong to must be miss julia's i reckon he is so fur what she knows perfectly well i won't allow dogs on this place mr atwater's expression became more outraged and determined you mean to say that somebody's trying to give her another dog after all i've been through with it looks that way sir who did it miss julia ain't sayin and me i don't know who done it no more'n the lilies of the valley what toil not neither do they spins at this mr atwater was guilty of exclamations lacking in courtesy and turned again toward gemeyer he waved his arms fiercely didn't you hear me tell you to get out of here gemeyer observed the gesture and at once sat up placed his forepaws over his nose and prayed mr atwater was incensed get out of here you woolly black scoundrel mrs silver startled uttered a cry of injury then perceived that she had mistaken her employer's intention gemeyer also appeared to mistake it for he rose to his full height on his hind legs and in this human-like posture hopped down the steps and walked in a wide circle he did this with an affection of conscientiousness thoroughly hypocritical he really meant to be humorous and entertaining but the effect upon the gentleman for whom he performed was not reassuring my heavens mr atwater cried lamentably somebody's given her one of those things at last i don't like any kind of dog but if there's one damn thing on earth i won't stand it's a trick poodle and while the tactless gramire went madly on walking a circle round him mr atwater's eye furiously searched the borders of the path the lawn and other wares looking for anything that might serve as an effective missile he had never kicked a dog nor struck one with his hand in his life he had a confirmed theory that it was always better policy to throw something idiot poodle he said but gemeyer's tricks were not mere idiocy in the eyes of mr atwater's daughter as she watched them they had brought to her mind the tricks of the jongleur of notre dame that simple creature who had nothing to offer heaven itself to mollify heaven's rulers except his entertainment of juggling and nonsense so that he sang his thin jocosities and played his poor tricks of legerdemain before the sacred figure of the madonna 
but when the pious would have struck him down for it she miraculously came to life for just long enough to smile on him and show that he was right to offer his absurd best and thus as julia watched the little jongleur upon the lawn she saw that was what he was doing too offering all he knew hoping that some one might laugh at him and like him and not curiously after all if everything were known she found herself thinking of another foolish creature who had nothing in the world to offer anybody except what came out of the wistfulness of a foolish loving heart then though her lips smiled faintly as she thought of noble dill all at once a brightness trembled along the eyelids of the prettiest girl in town and glimmered over a moment later to shine upon her cheek you get out mr atwater shouted do ye hear me you poodle he found a missile a stone of fair diameter he hurled it violently there darn you the stone missed and gemeyer fled desperately in the direction in which it had gone you get over that fence mr atwater bellowed you wait until i find another rock and i'll bust a rib for you he began to search for another stone but before he could find one gemeyer returned with the first he deposited upon the ground at mr atwater's feet here's your rock he said mr atwater looked down at him fiercely and through the black chrysanthemum two garnet eyes glinted waggishly didn't you hear me tell you what i'd do if you didn't get out of here you darn poodle gemeyer sat up placed his forepaws together over his nose and prayed there's your rock he said let's get on with the game mr atwater turned to kitty silver does he does he know how to speak or shake hands or anything like that two mornings later as the peculiar old man sat at breakfast he said to the lady across the table look here who did give gammon to us julia bit her lip she even cast down her eyes well who was it her demureness still increased it was noble dill mr atwater was silent he looked down and caught a clownish gleam out of a blackness neighboring his knee well see here he said why can't you why can't you why can't i what why can't you sit out in the yard the next time he calls here instead of on the porch where it blows all through the house it's just as pleasant to sit under the trees isn't it pleasanter said julia and her black sapphire eyes still remained demure under the deep lashes gemeyer appeared to be a successful envoy it seemed even possible that like orlando's wrestling he had overthrown more than his enemy End of section twelve